Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. All right. Good morning, Stevens Creek. So, so good to be with you today. I uh, feel like I'm a part of your family. Pastor Marty and Patty and so much of your staff have been friends of ours for so, so long. And um, I just, I can't believe it's my first time actually being able to stand on this stage and, and worship with you today. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be here with you. I believe God has something that he wants to deposit into our hearts today. And how many believe you're going to leave better? All right. You know, if you didn't raise your hand, you're going to probably leave worse. Come on. How many believe you're going to be, you're going to leave better? Yeah. You know what you'll get out of this day? Exactly what you're believing for. If you came in believing for nothing, guess, guess what you're going to leave with? Nothing. But if you came believing for God to drop something in your heart, I promise you God's got something to drop in your heart today. Amen? Hey, before I go on, can we tell Pastor Todd and his worship team how awesome they are? Just thank them for leading you in worship week after week after week. They are just, just so good. So good, and, um, and Pastor Marty and, and Patty are such great friends of mine, and Elizabeth, my, my girlfriend is here with me today, my girlfriend of 22 years, still fine all the time, baby, still looking good. Thank you for being here with me today. Um, I preach better whenever she's here, I promise you. Um, and I, I just wanna, I wanna take a, a moment to, to say to, to you how, um, how awesome you are. This, this church, Stevens Creek Church, is a church that I hope you never, ever take for granted. I hope you never, you never take for granted the fact that you get to pull onto these beautiful properties and you get to worship in, these build, in this building and you are led by pastors who love God and follow God. And you're led by pastors who really believe in the power and the purpose and the potential of people. And they do everything they do to devote themselves to making you and your life better and if you haven't invited your friends to church in a long, long time, this is a great time to invite your friends to church. The Testing Positive series that you guys just finished last week, was that awesome or what? Let me tell you how good it is. We're taking it, and we're going to do that series starting the week of January 1st in Athens, Georgia. It was just amazing. I, I have a coach, and um, I told him about it in Indianapolis, fourth fastest growing church in America um, this past year. Guess what? He's taking your Testing Positive series, and he's doing it. It was so good. You guys are innovators, and, and God is using you to inspire churches and leaders and people around the country. And I just don't want you to ever take for granted what God has given you to, um, in, in, this, in this place and, and in this family. And Pastor Marty, if you and Patty are watching right now, I love you guys. I'm going to do my very best to honor you today. And um, I just want you to know how grateful I am for your friendship and leadership in, in my life. Can you tell Pastor Marty and Patty how much you love them before I, I go on? It's such a... So... That's so good. South Campus, good to have you guys today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Everybody watching online, thanks for being a part of worship at the creek this morning. Well, Pastor Marty likes to get started with something funny every week, so I thought it was only fitting that I do the same thing. So you ready for this? Say yes. All right, two old boys, they played baseball together all their lives. Grew up playing ball together. They were getting older, and um, they knew that one of them was going to die first, so they made an agreement. Whichever one dies first, they'd get to heaven. First thing they'd find out when they get to heaven is, is there going to be baseball in heaven? Well, one of them dies and he gets to heaven and finds out, man, there is baseball in heaven. So the first thing he does is calls back down to his buddy on earth. He says, hey, I got good news and I got bad news. He says, oh, give me the good news first. 
There is baseball in heaven. He said, well, what's the bad news? He said, bad news is you're scheduled to pitch next Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not as funny as Pastor Marty's, but it'll work for today, all right? All right. Hey, say this with me, impossible. Impossible is a word that we use in our, in our language oftentimes. And um, it's a word sometimes used to intimidate us. Sometimes it's used to, to state the obvious. Sometimes it's a word that people will even use to discourage us. And sometimes we'll even believe things are impossible that are God possible. You know that? How many know the Bible says that all things are possible with God? And I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about those impossible things that God puts in your heart that you can't do without him. You know, there's some dreams that you have and I have. If, if there's a dream in your heart that you can accomplish it, if you just work hard enough, if you're diligent enough, if you just pursue it long enough, you can accomplish that dream. Listen, maybe an awesome dream, but here's what it's not. It's not a God dream. Because a dream that God deposits into your spirit is always too good, too big for you to get it done, no matter how good you are and how hard you try. So today, I don't want to talk to you about, you know, your dreams. I want you to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about God dreams, the dreams that God puts in your heart because God created you with a purpose for a, a purpose. And this is the kind of a message that, that I believe literally has the power to, to change the trajectory of somebody's life. It has the power to, to change the destiny of a family. This is one of those messages that if you will, if you will grab a hold of what God's word wants to say to you today, and, and you, will, you will recognize that that there are dreams that you have that you can pursue and you can accomplish, but there are things that God deposits in you that's impossible for you to accomplish without him. And if you will let go of yourself and begin to, to allow him to direct our paths, you will do the exceedingly abundantly above all things you'll ever ask, think, or imagine through the power and the presence of God. Now, I'm gonna ask some of you to take some radical steps today, radical steps that go beyond what you can do in your own power and start believing and trusting for what you can do in God's power. T today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to, to, to remember that, that this is about continuing to press in to what God has put inside of you, believing that tomorrow is going to be better no matter where you've been yesterday or where you are today because all things are possible if you'll just keep on believing. I want to use Genesis chapter 37, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, my very favorite story in the Bible about dreams. It's the story of Joseph. You've heard the story many times, but I want to bring out some things today that, that may resonate on the inside of you tomorrow and, and throughout the rest of your, your tomorrows. In verse 37, chapter 37, verse 3, the Bible says, now Jacob or Israel, he loved Joseph more than his other children because he was the son of his old age and he made for him a coat of many colors. Verse 5 says, Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. Verse 9 says, but he dreamed yet another dream. Verse 19 says, and they said to one another, behold, there comes the dreamer. Verse 26 says, and Judah said to his brothers, what does it profit us if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. See, here's what I know about your dreams. There's always going to be somebody or something that tries to stomp on your dreams. If God puts something in you, there's always going to be something that the enemy will use to try to take it from you. When God wants to bless you, he's usually going to use a person. But when the devil wants to curse you, 
He's going to usually use a person. Either way, your blessing or your cursing is coming wrapped up in skin. So it's really important to be discerning about what's going on in our lives. In this, in this story, it's about some people who tried to stomp on Joseph's dream. They tried to hijack his dream. They tried to diminish his dream. There's always going to be people who try to kill other people's dreams. There's a guy by the name of, of Horace Rockham, and, and back in 1903, he went to one of his good buddies who happened to be the president of the Michigan State Bank and a trusted financial advisor. And Horace asked his trusted advisor, hey, I've got an opportunity to make an investment in a young man's dream, a man by the name of Henry Ford, $5,000 investment. What do you think? The president and trusted financial advisor said this, Horace, the horse and the buggy are here to stay. Automobiles are just a novelty. Don't do it. Well, Horace, he ignored his financial advisor. He went ahead and made that investment, thankfully, because a few years later, he cashed in for $12 million. There's a, a great story about Decca Records, who had an opportunity to sign a young rock band out of Europe. A young band comes in. They say, Decca, we'd like for you to be our label. The president puts them in a studio and says, play something for me. The band played their first song, and the, the president stopped them, and he came out, and here's what he said. We don't like that sound. Groups with guitars are on their way out. The dream he stepped on that day was the Beatles. In 1977, the, um, the president of Digital Equipment Company, he had an opportunity to sign on with a young man's dream by the name of Bill Gates, and here's what that president said. There will never be a reason for individuals to have a computer in their own home, and he passed up on that man's dream. You know, as long as there are dreams, there will always be dream thieves. As long as people have dreams, there will always be other people who come along and try to stomp and try to extinguish their dream. God built you with potential. He built you with purpose. When God made you, he wired you. He wired you with potential. He wired you for a purpose. He wired you to hear his voice and dream his dreams and accomplish his plans for your life. But so many times we listen to the voices and we listen to the words of those who come around us and say, you'll never accomplish. You're not enough. You're not good enough. You'll never see that become a reality. That one is too big for you. And here's what I know about your life and my life. If we spend more time focusing on what we don't have and less time focusing on what we do have, we'll never accomplish everything that God has built us and wired us to be able to accomplish. We live in a culture. We live in a world. We live in a country of dreamers. Think about the Wright brothers. We can fly all over the world today because those boys had a dream that there was another means of transportation besides riding and walking. I think about, about Thomas Edison, who had a dream that you could harness electricity. And because of that dream, today you woke up and you turned the lights on in your house. I think about the dreams of people like Alexander Graham Bell who dreamed that, that, that there is another way to communicate. And because of that, today while I'm preaching, somebody's cell phone's gonna go off. Betty Crocker, she had a dream. She had a dream that you could put in a box the greatest cake mix of all times. And you and I have been battling the bulge ever since she came up with that invention. <laughs> you get social dreamers like, like Martin Luther King who stood up one day in the midst of adversity, and he says, I have a dream that there'll come a day that every man will be measured by the content of his heart and not by the color of his skin. 
And when you look at, at our history, some of the greatest innovators and the greatest accomplishments and the greatest leaders of our, of our time since them have been people of color because one man had a dream. I think about your pastors and my friends, Pat, Patty and Marty Baker. They had a dream that there was a better way for followers of Christ and churches to steward God's money. So they begin to pray, steward, uh, uh, um, secure give is too, too big for them. It's too big for them to come up with. But it wasn't too big for God. And because they just believed in their dream today, hundreds of thousands of Christians around the world and over 2,000 churches are better stewards because they believed in the dream that God had put on the inside of them. When you read the Bible, you begin to read about, about people like in Genesis 28, God, you find God is the giver of dreams and God uses people who believe in the dreams that the giver gives them. When you look at Genesis chapter 28 and you see guys like Jacob who dreamed and, and God saw, showed him angels ascending in and out of heaven as his, as his gatekeepers, as his watchdogs, as, as his warriors fighting on his behalf. You look at Matthew chapter 2 and, and Moses and or, or Joseph and Mary had a dream about the, the murderous plots of, of, of Herod and how he wanted to destroy Christ's life and they were able to save the Savior because of a dream. When you look at Acts chapter 10, you see Peter sleeping up on top of a roof that was borrowed and in his sleep, God gives him a dream that the gospel was too big for just the Jews and it was to be spread throughout all the world to the Jews and the Gentiles. And because that man followed up on his dream, you and I are sitting in this building today. If you ask successful people anywhere, you ask them, how did you accomplish the things you've accomplished with your lives? They'll all say the same thing to you. It started with a dream. It started with a passion. It started with a mission. I had something on the inside of me. There was something that I knew could be, and it should be. It's not yet, but I saw it even before it was. And here's what you have to remember about the dreams that God puts on the inside of you. The devil will tell you that you can't. The devil will tell you not you're, that you're not qualified. But you know what I've learned about God? God never calls the qualified. He simply qualifies the called. And if you'll begin to believe for the bigger things that God puts on the inside of you, you'll find that you don't have to qualify yourself because no matter how smart you are, how good you are, or how hard you work, you can accomplish your dreams, but you can never accomplish in your own power a dream that God deposits into your spirit. You know, you know who the poorest person in the room is today? It's not the person with the least amount of money. The poorest person in this room today is the person who, has a, who doesn't have a dream for their own life. Helen Keller was asked one time, Mrs. Keller, is there anything worse than being born blind? To which she responded to that report, reporter, oh yeah, there's something much, much worse than being born blind. And that is to be born with your sight, but to have no vision for your own life. I don't know what dream you're carrying in your spirit today. I don't know how the enemy's tried to hijack your dream I don't know who stomped on your dream or who's tried to diminish your dream, but here's what I know. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, he's put something on the inside of you that's bigger than you are. He's put something on the inside of you that you can't accomplish in your power. It's gonna require his power. And I want to show you through this story today of, of Joseph for just a few minutes, a couple of points that are real powerful. 
to remember if we're going to fulfill those dreams that God's put on the inside of us. Before I do that, let me, let me speak to the people who have, who have dreamed dreams that you've seen become reality. Let me tell you something really important for dreamers who realize their dreams. One of the greatest things that, that you can do as a dreamer who realizes a dream is to remember that when you realize your dream, there's always somebody behind you who's dreaming the same dream. And the responsible, dream, the th- the responsible thing for a dreamer to do, good stewardship of a dream that's become a reality is to always remember when you reach your dream to reach back and help somebody else achieve their dream. I think about people in in my life. I think about my daughters, my daughter's tennis coach who had a successful career at tennis and decided after he had fulfilled his dream, he was gonna spend the rest of his life helping young kids reach their dreams. I, I think about people in in, in my life, my, our board at our church, our church board, we have, a, we have uh, written into our bylaws that there always has to be at least three men in their 20s and 30s on our board because it's the responsibility of older men to raise up and to train younger men. We don't wait on younger men to become older men so they've earned the right to do what we're now asking them to do. We train them when they're young so they can be prepared to do what we're asking them to do when they're old. I remember telling the Lord very early on in my ministry, God, anything that you enable me to accomplish in ministry, any, any success that you allow us to have, I will always, always, always reach back and help other people who aren't yet where we are and give them everything we have and teach them everything we've learned so that they too can accomplish their dreams in their life. Those of you that are here and you've been married 40 years, when's the last time you've reached back and led a small group for young couples? Those of you who've raised kids of your own and now they're out and successful and they have kids of their own, when's the last time you've reached back and led a small group or or just helped another young couple who's trying to figure out how to raise young kids the right way? And I know some of you would say, well, we don't have a perfect marriage. We, We can't do that. Listen, I don't care if you have a perfect marriage. You survived. You made it. You're still standing. Look at you. You made it. You have a story to tell. You have a lesson to teach. You prayed early, early on when you walked down that aisle as young kids. God, give us a long-lasting marriage. Give us a marriage that'll last. You made it. The greatest thing you can do is reach back and help somebody else reach the same things you've reached in your life. Never, ever forget whenever you reach a dream, the greatest stewardship that you could have of the dream that God enables you to reach is to remember to reach back and pull somebody else up so that they too can obtain what you have obtained. When I look at this story of Joseph, I love the, I love the, 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 the analogy here that God uses of, of his coat. You remember in the Bible, the Bible is full of symbolisms, right? You know, God only tells us a story, not so we know a cute story. God tells us a story in the Bible so we can find ourselves in the story. His story is our story. You know that, right? This story of Joseph. Joseph isn't just Joseph. Joseph represents you and it represents me. That father isn't just his father. The father in this story represents God, our father. And the first thing I see in this story that's important for us to remember is that when the Bible says that Joseph's father took a coat of many colors that he had made for him and he covered him, you know what that represented? It represented the favor, listen, it represented the favor of the father. 
It represented his father's favor in his own life. Joseph had an awareness of his father's favor, and it causes me to ask this question. Do your kids have an awareness of your favor over their lives? Do my kids have an awareness of, of my favor over their lives? Because here's what I know. When a parent when a parent favors, when a parent pours his favor, pours her favor, pours her blessings over one of their children, when they tell them, you're loved, I believe in you, I love you, you know what it does? It releases them. It enables them to dream bigger dreams. But when a child doesn't feel the favor of their parents, you know what it does? It diminishes their ability to dream. When a child only hears comparisons to other kids or they're never gonna measure up or they never hear I love you or they never hear I believe in you, it diminishes their ability to dream bigger dreams. But man, when you walk, when your kids, my kids, when they walk in the favor of their parents, it releases them to dream bigger than they've ever, my mom, today, my mom, Text me on the way over, and you know what she said? Scotty, she calls me Scotty. Scotty, I believe in you. Yesterday, I was thinking about this, this, this message today, and, and, and I thought about the power. You know what I did? I was running at my neighborhood, and I stopped running, and I, and I just texted my son. I said, hey, buddy, just wanted you to know I believe in you. I texted my daughter. I said, hey, Hopi, I just want you to know I believe in you. I texted my, text my, my daughter's fiance, David. I said, hey, David, I just want you to know I believe in you. Because there's something about releasing favor on our children that releases them to dream bigger dreams. In this story, the father in this story represents our father. And I wonder if you know today that your father favors you. Your father's not mad at you. Your father believes in you. Your father's not upset with you. Your father believes the best in you. Your father may not always approve of what we do, but he always approves of us. See, here's why that's important for you to know, because if you don't believe your father has favored you, you don't believe your father loves you, you don't believe your father loves you, you don't believe your father has good intent for you, if you don't believe your father wants you to be something, do something, and accomplish something, if you believe your father doesn't care what you accomplish, you'll probably never accomplish much in his name. It's important that you and I recognize in this story that that coat of many colors isn't just a pretty coat that was in style. It represents something that enables you to dream bigger dreams, and that is the favor of your father over your life. And if you are a child or a, a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ, you walk in the favor of the father. Second thing that's important to, to know about that coat of many colors is, is I love the fact that it is many colors because do you know what I believe it represents? That it doesn't matter what color you are. Red, yellow, black, white, everybody's precious in his sight. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you came up on. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic group you're in. It doesn't matter what your educational background is. His favor is for you. He believes in you. He's got plans for you. He's got dreams that he has deposited way on the, down deep on the, on the inside of you. I'll never forget whenever I took over the church where I'm at right now, 20 years ago, my dad was the pastor of that church. First Sunday I took over as pastor, my dad called me to the front. And he took this big clerical robe and he put it around my shoulders. It wasn't a robe I would have picked out. It was too big for me. In fact, it was too big for him. And it wasn't about the robe. You know what it was about? It was about my dad saying, son, 
This is my favor that's covering you. I believe in you. My dad was saying, son, my ceiling, as high as I ever got to, is your platform. Now you stand on it and go even higher. My shoulders, you stand on my shoulders and do more than I've ever done. There is an awareness that enabled about my father's favor on my life that enabled me to dream bigger dreams. And the same thing is true of God, our father. As followers of Jesus Christ, if we're going to accomplish and fulfill the big dreams that God has put on the inside of us, we have to know that he's not mad at us, but he's covered us with his favor. There's another point that story that I, that I think is just so powerful for us to, to remember, and that is, and that is this. God, God didn't, he didn't give him a coat of many colors in that story because he wanted us to fit in. How many know you don't fit in with a coat of many colors? You always stand out. You know why? Because God's favor over your life isn't a favor that causes you to fit in. He wants his favor that's on you to cause you to stand out. Not so you'll stand out and be a big shot. Not that that you'll stand out and be somebody, but that you'll stand out and everybody will see his favor, will see his mercy that's new every morning. They will see his grace that's on your life. They'll see his consistency that's on your life. They'll see you standing when other people are falling. They'll see you walking when other people are crawling. They'll see you accomplishing things that other people are not accomplishing. They'll see you rising up when other people are falling down. And they'll look at your life and say, there's something different that's on their life that's not on my life not so that they'll see you being puffed up but they'll see the God that's in you he says he says I want to favor you so that the world will see the good works that I have done in you so that they will come to me now that takes us to this dream that Joseph has he has this dream and the Bible says his father covered him with his favor and then in verse 7 it says he dreamed this dream and he was in a field and in that field The harvest was bowing down to worship him. Now, that's really important because everybody has a field. Did you know that? Everybody is in a field. Joseph was in the field when he had the dream of the harvest bowing down to worship him. Now, think about this. You have a field. I have a field. Everybody has a field. You may be in the field of science. You may be in the field of medicine. You may be in the field of business. You may be in the educational field. You may be in the construction field. Your field might be the ball field. Your field may be the golf course. Your field may be your community. Your field may be the home that you live in. But everybody has a field. And God is showing Joseph what he wants to show you and I. And that is the the harvest that is bowing down to worship him. It's not about Joseph becoming a big shot. It's not about them bowing down to worship Joseph. God is showing Joseph while in your field, if you can, if you can attach the harvest, you know the Bible says in Philippians, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? Watch this. You want God to blow on your dream? You want God to favor that dream that he's put on the inside of you? I'll tell you how to get it done. If you can figure out how to attach your dream with his harvest, God will blow on your dream. If your dream is about you blowing up and about you being bigger and about you being better and about you being richer and about you getting the things that you want in life, there's no promise. But anytime we attach, that's what this story, anytime we attach the dream that's on the inside of us with the harvest that God has called us to, you see, you don't have to be in the field of ministry to see a harvest of souls. You know that, right? My mom, my mom, for 43 years, she taught school. She retired after 43 years. I'll never forget. She called me on her, on her first day of school, the last day of the, of the last year. And she said, Scotty, I'm as excited about going to school today as I was the very first day of the very first year. You know why? 
because she figured out how to attach the harvest with the field that God had put her in. Every single day for 43 years, my mom walked around the classroom and she laid her hand on every kid and she prayed, I believe in you. 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 God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for your life. Because my mom found a way to attach his harvest with her field, three different times, three different schools in three different states, my mom won teacher of the year. I think about Dr. James Pippen, who's a friend of ours and a member of our church in Athens. And you know what he does every day? He's lead doc at Piedmont Hospital over in, in Athens. Every day at lunch, you know what he does? He takes off his medical coat, leaves it in his office, and he walks around to the hospital rooms of anyone connected to our church. And he walks in and he says, hey, I'm not here today as your physician. I'm here today as your brother in Christ. I want to pray for you, and I want you to know that I believe in God's ability to heal you because God has a purpose for you. God's elevated and blown up his dream. You know why? Because he found a way to connect the harvest with his dream. Last week, one of my buddies, we were up at Lee University in a golf tournament, and one of my buddies, he told me about his business, and he owns an HVAC company in Atlanta, in, in, down in Florida, and God's really blessed it. And he says, Scott, you know why God's blessed my business? Because it's not my business, it's my ministry. He said, see, I get to go into people's homes that you'll never get to go into and they'll never come into your church. And God showed me a long time ago that he's gonna allow me to go into people's homes who are hurting, who are desperate, who have needs, who've been beat up by life and they need to be built up by me. You know why God's breathed on that dream? Because he found a way to attach the harvest, God's harvest, God's heart, God's purpose in his field. I hope that, I hope that you'll, you'll find a way in your field to connect it to God's harvest. Because it's in that place that God can blow on you, not so that you'll be big, but so that people will look at you and they'll know that your God is big. And knees may bow and tongues may confess that the God of your life is going to become the God of their life. This story, it gets bigger and bigger because the Bible says that his, his, brothers, his brothers see him coming. And, and, um, and when they see him coming in verse 18, it says they, they hated his brother. They hated him for the dream that was, that was in him. And the Bible says that they, that they concealed to do harm to him, to, to destroy him. You know, the devil doesn't like it when God's people dream big dreams. You know that, right? Yeah, it's okay to talk in church. You know that, right? When, when you have a dream that's bigger than you, but it's not too big for God, and the devil knows that you've attached that dream to the harvest, that dream isn't about you being a big shot, but making God big in the world, you know that intimidates the devil, right? And he'll do everything he can to hijack that dream, to try to stomp on that dream, to try to diminish that dream, to take that dream away from you. And in this story, you, you know the story. His brothers didn't like him for the dream. They conspired to kill him. They took his coat and they threw him in a 
They threw him in a cistern, the, 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 Bible, the Bible says. But here's, here's what's powerful about this to me. When, when they began to diminish Joseph's dream, the Bible says that so determined was Joseph that the God of that dream was still with him and for him and believed in him and his favor had not abandoned him. The Bible says he dreamed yet another dream and even a bigger dream. See, there's something about, there's something about being a dreamer that enables you to dream even bigger dreams when the enemy comes against the dream that you're dreaming today. There's something about, there's something about recognizing that just because it doesn't look like the dream's working on the outside doesn't mean that God's not still working on the dream inside of you. And Joseph gives us such a beautiful, beautiful picture. I love, I love the, the lessons that we learn whenever his brothers come and, and they begin to try to diminish the dream. It says they hated him for the dream that was inside of him. And there's a powerful point that, that, that they learned. They began to believe, number one, that if they didn't stop him now, the dream that was in him was going to come to pass. They weren't worried about the harvest. They were just worried about one day they may have to kneel. They may have to bow and worship him. But it was never about worshiping him. It was only about worshiping him. And his brothers tried to diminish the dream. You know why? Because they saw something in his eyes. They knew there was something in his heart. They knew that if they didn't stop him now, one day that thing that was in him was going to work through him and it was going to come to pass. You know, so many times we get, we get sideways whenever we run into difficult times, whenever we have a hard day, whenever it seems like our dream isn't working, when it seems like everybody is coming against our dream, when pandemics come and, and when, when, when life is shut down and when everything changes, well, this is going to diminish my dream. No, listen, listen, hard times in your life, difficult days, people coming against our dreams is not an indication that you didn't hear God. It's not an indication that God's not with you. It's never an indication that God's not for you. When hard times come and people and things try to hijack your dream it is an indication that the devil knows if he doesn't stop you now what's in you is going to get out of you and the dream is going to come to pass so listen so listen don't you give up on the dream of that marriage that you've been dreaming for the dream of those kids who are who are wandering away from God now that they won't one day come back to God don't dream don't give up on the dream of your business don't give up on the dream to write that book don't give up on the dream to write that song don't give up on the dream to be promoted through your company don't give up on your dream to to finish what you started to complete that education don't give up on the dream because the enemy comes against you and tries to stop you and tries to hijack what's on the inside of you when the enemy comes against you, remember that it's an indication that the enemy is intimidated by what he sees inside of you. And he knows if you'll just hold on to your dream, it's going to come to pass and it scares him to death. Hold on to your dream. Then what those old boys learned, David's brothers, when they tried to stop him, they learned a really important lesson. And that is this. They, they, they were crazy enough to believe that, that they could say no to something God had already said yes to. They, they were crazy enough to believe that they could stop something that God had already put in the heart of a man to accomplish. And here's what you've got to remember. That, that there is nobody, nobody, nobody else's no 
can compete when God already said yes. When God said yes, nobody's no matters. Is what I say to my kids all the time. God's opinion of you makes everybody else's opinion of you irrelevant. People are, we're all, all of us are like tea bags. You don't know what's really inside of us until you throw us in hot water. That dream is on the inside of you, that thing that you've been believing for, that marriage, that home, that family, that career, that business, that education. You know, when, you know when you find out who's got a real dream when you throw them in hot water and the dream doesn't die. The dream just keeps dreaming bigger. I don't know what it is that's in your heart to do that the enemy's tried to take from you. But my prayer is today that you'll remember that you have a father who favors you. And when you walk in the favor of the Father, I believe that there is something different about the way Joseph walked. I believe that he, he knew he had the favor of the Father in his life and he walked differently. He walked with a confidence. He walked with an assurity because he knew who he was. And when you know who you are, you always know what you should do. And I don't know what your dream is today, but here's my prayer for your life. My prayer is that you would ask the Lord to bring back to life those dreams that the enemy has tried to hijack. Some of you, you just need to begin to dream again. You need to remember that the hard times that you have had to face are an indication that you've missed God's heart or God's not for you or with you. The hard times that you've had to face are an indication that the devil knows if he don't stop you now, what's in you is going to come out of you. And that's when he's in trouble. Hard times are an indication that the devil is intimidated by what's inside of you. And I believe that God is looking for people who can look those impossible things in the face and say, you can't take my dream. You can't take from me what God's put inside of me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person in this room today who needs a dream to come to life. I pray for every, every individual in this room, God, who's been dreaming. And the enemy has tried to extinguish their dreams. God, I pray today that the dreams will begin to drive their passions and drive their energy and drive their decisions and drive who they are and everything that they do. I pray, God, today in the strong, strong name of Jesus that every person in this room would have an awareness of your favor and an awareness of your love and that, God, when we accomplish the things that we've dreamed of accomplishing, we would always remember to look back and help someone else in their dreams. God, I declare that the next season, the best days of Stevens Creek Church is still out in front of them. 
God, I declare your blessing, your favor, your strength, and awareness of your favor over this house and everyone who calls it their home. We thank you, Father, for the work that you've done. And we thank you in advance for the work that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before I go, I have to ask, is there anyone in the room who isn't where you need to be with the Lord? Maybe you came in today and you came to the right place, but you didn't come in the right way. And you know that there's something inside of you. There's a dream that God put inside of you, but you can't, you can't realize the dream if you're not in obedience to the giver of the dream. And you would say, Scott, I'm not exactly where I need to be to accomplish what God's put in me, but I want to be. Now, listen, I'm not asking you to get right with God because I'm afraid you're going to die tomorrow. I'm asking you to get right with God today because you've got to live tomorrow. And living with Jesus tomorrow is a whole lot better than living without Jesus. And if you're here today in the room, forget about who else is here. Forget about what anybody else thinks. But if you would say, Scott, I need, I need to get right with Jesus. I need to give all of me to all of him. Just raise your hand. Just look at me. I want to see you. Anybody in the room? Anybody at all? God bless you. I see you. God bless you. Anybody? God bless you, sir. I see you. Anybody else? I'm going to see you. Just hold your hand up high. Forget about who else is here. Anybody else? Anybody else? God, I'm not where I need to be, but I want to be. Amen. Here's what I want you to do before we go. Those of you who raised your hands, we're going to pray a prayer. Everybody in the room, I'm I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Can we pray it out loud? Pray it out loud like it's your sister, your brother, like your family member. Pray it like you're praying for somebody you know and you love so so much. Come on, let's pray this. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody in the room, say it. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace that covers my worst day. Thank you for your mercy that's new every day. You said that if I would ask, you would forgive me, that you would give me a new heart, that you would live in me, that you would grow in me, that you would empower me by the Holy Spirit. Today I receive you And I ask for that power to lead me as I grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Now make some noise because the Bible says that all of heaven is rejoicing over those who prayed that prayer right now. God bless you. I love you. Thanks for letting me be with you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.